now with the latest from the world of technology. This is the Tech Guide Podcast with Stephen Fennick. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading once again. Tech Guide. Well, without a doubt, the biggest tech story of the week. Tech Guide. It's a very competitive market, the smartphone market. Keeping you updated and educated. This is a device that combines a tablet, a laptop, and a sketch pad. This is the Tech Guide Podcast. This is the future. Wireless earphones. Tech Guide. What you see is what you get. Quality is obvious. Now, from the studios of techguide.com.au, Stephen Fennick. Tech Guide, episode 278. Hello and welcome to the podcast that keeps you always updated and always educated about the latest consumer tech news and reviews. Thank you once again for listening. We appreciate it. Thank you for downloading. And you first-time listeners, we're really happy that you found us. We hope you enjoy the show and become a regular listener. My name is Stephen Fennec and I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's show, the busiest day to shop online. Vodafone has launched NumberSync for the Apple Watch and we'll chat with Audible's Fidelma Ma about the most popular audiobooks of 2017. In the Tech Guide reviews, we're going to take a look at the Ecovacs D-Bot Osmo 930 robotic vacuum cleaner, the Google Pixel 2 smartphone and the Sony WH-1000XM2 noise cancelling headphones and we'll finish up with your voice bites in the tech guide help desk and it's all brought to you by netgear australia's number one brand of home wi-fi products and also norton the company to help keep you and your family safe online a lot to get through so we're just going to get cracking well i'm recording this on uh, december 11 which, according to a number of online retailers, including eBay, the biggest of the online retailers, it is the biggest, busiest day for online shopping. And with Christmas just two weeks away, it's no wonder because people uh, who are hopping online to do their online shopping, their Christmas shopping, they need enough time to put their order in and get it delivered before Christmas. So if they leave it any later, they run the risk of the uh, item not arriving before everything shuts down for Christmas. So they want to have the present to give to the person they bought it for uh, in time for Christmas. Well, so today, uh, December 11, and I'm recording this uh, on the night of December 11, so uh, the day is nearly over. But according to eBay, it was the largest online shopping day, a day that had more people surfing from their mobile app than from the desktop app. That's a first. I think eBay said that they have 2.7 million visitors and more than 1.8 million of those visitors did so through a mobile device. And so that's that's pretty telling in, in how we're 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 shopping. What I found even more interesting was that eBay had all this analysis, and they said that the desktop sales peaked between one and two p.m. So it seems to me that people who are in their office or maybe on their lunch break decided to do a bit of online shopping on eBay. Whereas mobile sales, when you think, well, you can do mobile, buy anything on a mobile any time of the day or night. According to eBay, mobile sales peaked between 9 p.m. and 10 p.m. So I think the mindset there is that they've had their dinner, they're washed up, they're relaxing, and they've got their mobile or their tablet in their hand, and they're shopping. And that is what eBay said, the highest volume of online purchasing ever on eBay 
took place not only between 9 and 10, but we can narrow it down even further, the 15 minutes between 9 and 9.15. So that was just everyone's going, getting in there and, and placing their orders. So in that period alone, just in the the smartphone section, eight items purchased every second, an electronics item sold every second, and a Star Wars and Apple item selling every minute. And, and the good news is, though, for Australian retailers, the 56% of, uh, that's more than half of the items that were purchased were from local sellers. So Aussies buying from Aussie sellers as well. What about the most active shoppers? I'm fascinated with how they break this down and they find out the cities around Australia, the areas, regional areas, as a matter of fact, where there are the most active shoppers. You'll never guess. That's, that's So I'm going to tell you. You'll never guess, so I'm going to tell you right now. Toowoomba in Queensland, you, uh, you love your online shopping, as do the people in Werribee in Victoria. They're clicking away like mad uh, online, uh, doing their online shopping. Others, uh, other areas, they're doing pretty well. Liverpool in New South Wales, Mackay in Queensland, and Truganina in Victoria. You guys, you're punching well above your weight when it comes to online shopping. The other thing that eBay unveiled today was the new voice-powered gift finder. So remember, we spoke not long ago about the Google Assistant linking in with eBay. So you can say to the Google, find me a present, and then Google asks you questions, and you so until it narrows it down to a selection of, of choices that you can then look at on your mobile device or on, on the app on your phone. Well, here they've gone a little further, and the gift finder asks a series of questions to understand the recipient and then recommends products for them. So things like their favorite cities, preferred entertainment, ideal holiday. So narrowing down the gift options. So uh, you can do that as well. But we should mention in this busy online shopping week, uh, we, we I think it was the day after our podcast or two days after, was when Amazon began their online business here in Australia. And Depending on who you listen to, some some people are saying it was a massive success on day one. Others saying it was a massive fizz out. Uh, that it's very hard to tell who to believe. Uh, I've heard mixed reports myself. Uh, we did write a report last week on on Tech Guide where uh, there was a survey done by Finder.com.au just uh, to to ask people what they what they thought was important when it came to Amazon, how it stacked up. The most important thing, according to Finder survey, 63% wanted free shipping. So the the whole idea there is that they not only want good prices, but free shipping. And in fact, free shipping ranked above the actual price of the item in terms of importance. The other thing that was important was free returns. So the emphasis, of course, free shipping. And I do believe that over a certain amount, you do get free shipping when it's shipped out from a the warehouse in Australia. And also depends on the retailers who are using the Amazon system as their distribution. So uh, various things can can change there. But I do know that in the coming months, they are going to release Amazon Prime, which is a membership system that does allow you to get free membership 
depending on the item, I think it gives you all free shipping, no matter how much you spend. But you do, that's an annual subscription fee that you have to pay to earn that free shipping. It's very popular in the US, Amazon, and sure to be just as popular here in Australia. While we're talking about online and shopping and Christmas, I do want to remind you, dear listeners, that on Tech Guide, we're halfway through, more than halfway through, our 12 days of Christmas gift ideas. So we've run through a few of them already. We've, uh, I think I'll go through them day by day. I will tell you day one, we had cameras. Day two, very popular uh, topic, smartphones. Day three, we've run wearables and smartwatches. That, again, another popular category. This, the next one, day four, probably the most popular, the longest uh, gift guide we did was for headphones and speakers. Day five was gaming, so not only the consoles but other types of games, uh, also virtual reality games, AR games, a nice mixture there. Day six, we spoke about tablets and e-readers, so you've got your your usual suspects there with the iPads and the Samsung tablets and e-readers with the Kindles and the Kobos, all of them listed there. Uh, We had drones and gadgets for day seven. And that's what we're up to so far. So tomorrow, Tuesday, we're going to run smart Internet of Things uh, devices. Day nine, we're going to look at in-car gadgets as gifts, another very popular topic here, another popular category uh, in terms of dash cams and all kinds of GPS devices. Day 10, we're going to look at TVs and related products like Blu-rays and 4K discs and various other products that you can plug into TVs. Day 11, appliances. So there's a lot this year we're going to get you. That's actually a brand new category. Never had an appliances category uh, last year, but there's been such a movement in that area this year, we thought we had to include it. And day 11 will round out the day day 12. 12, sorry, will be the final day of the 12 days of Christmas, of course, and that's going to be all about computers, so desktop computers, laptops, accessories, plenty of things to talk about there, but we have written about a lot of those products. All those categories you mentioned, uh, we're up to day eight, to, uh, so if you're listening to this on Tuesday, there will be day eight already on Tech Guide, and keep an eye out in the coming days for the rest of those categories. If you want to read about anything we've spoken about, the busiest online shopping day, Amazon and how successful it was, and, of course, our 12 days of Christmas, check that out at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. Keeping you updated and educated. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennick. Last week, there was some interesting news. If you're a Vodafone customer, and I happen to be a Vodafone customer, as I'm sure many of you are as well, Vodafone announced Number Sync. This is the service that allows you as a customer to link your mobile number from your iPhone, so your Vodafone mobile number, to your Apple Watch Series 3. Uh, from at launch, uh, Apple Watch Series 3 launched, I think, late October. Telstra and Optus were already in the game with their own version. I think it's one number. I can't remember the names of their uh, their system. Uh, and they were, from day one, had it going on. Uh, Vodafone customers were told, well, early December. And they kept that promise. So I think it was last Wednesday they, they launched it. It was on uh, yeah, a few five or six days ago. And uh, so their system's called Number Sync. So if you've got, if you are a Vodafone customer and you do have an Apple Watch Series 3, what you need to do is go into the Apple Watch uh, app on your iPhone, go to Cellular, and there you should see, uh, well, first of all, you should notice that there would have been a carrier settings update. So that was so that the new settings for your device to be updated to, to match to the carrier and, of course, to activate the eSIM in your Apple Watch. You would have noticed that, first of all. Then when you go into the uh, Apple Watch app, you'll see in the cellular section, Voda. AU, 
and how you can then press click through. You'll be taken through to another screen where you sign up. It'll recognize your paired device, uh, and it'll it'll mention the fact that it's going to be $5 per month for Vodafone Number Sync, but you'll get the first three months free. So uh, Vodafone's Number Sync, and I'm reading this from their site, lets you connect your Apple Watch to your mobile service. You can use the same number and your plan inclusions across both devices. So with the, having said that, what this means is that if you were to go, say, for a run or to the gym or down to the beach and leave your iPhone at home, the the watch that he, that you're wearing will then become where will then be where your calls and messages will come through, so it will know that they've been separated, and your watch will become uh, the uh, have the ability to for your calls to come through, so you can answer your calls, make calls, and make and receive your messages, and use the data to drive your apps, Apple Music iTunes, uh, uh, TuneIn Radio. So all of these can now work without having to have your phone nearby. So through the electronic SIM, it's it's imprinted your Vodafone number on the Apple Watch and, uh, and you're away. So you can be using the Apple Watch independently of your iPhone. So if you do want to nip down to the shops or go for a surf or go for a run or go to the gym and don't want to take your phone, you can still be contactable if you have... As a Vodafone customer, you can have that as number sync. And, of course, Optus and Telstra customers already have this in place. And I suspect there's going to be a few Apple Watch Series 3 given at Christmas. I think it's going to be a popular gift for both men and women. For so many styles, so many colors, I think it's, there's going to be a lot of Apple Watch Series 3 under the Christmas tree. And whether you're with Vodafone, Optus or Telstra, you'll be able to link your number to your Apple Watch so it can work without your iPhone calls, messages. It's fascinating when that when that happens. I, I took it down the beach, left the watch at home, my phone at home, I should say, and was receiving calls. It was great. The only thing I missed, and I think I mentioned this at the time, the only thing I missed was the camera, not having a camera. You realise that not having your phone, yeah, it's great to get your calls and messages, but you miss having a good camera in your pocket as well. So maybe Apple Watch Series 4, maybe include a camera. We'll see. We'll see about that. Won't be till next year. You're listening to Tech Guide. You can read more about that story at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. Now, Tech Guide interview. Tech Guide. Our interview this week is with Fidelma Ma. She's uh, in charge of content discovery at Audible, and Audible being the place to get your audio books. And what a year it's been. You'll, you'll find out in a minute. We're going we're gonna to play our interview with Fidelma in a moment. But uh, if, you, if you're, you're listening to this podcast right now, so you do know that there, are, there is a lot of audio content out there. And thank you for listening to the Tech Guide podcast. I know you've got a lot of choices, audio books and things like that. But we know you being a loyal listener to the program, we know that you, 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 you're aware of the value of audio. You're listening to this perhaps in your car, in the gym, on a run, wherever you happen to be listening. We appreciate it, by the way. You have dedicated, used that time to hear this podcast. Same thing is for audiobooks. I listen to my, I listen to a lot of podcasts when I'm in the gym, when I'm training, when I'm running, when I'm walking, when I'm in the car, and audiobooks as well. I devour audiobooks. And you think about the the ease in which to consume an audiobook. 
you, it's, it's really a, a, a behind the wheel of a car where you normally obviously could not have read a book or on a run or in the gym. There's so many places where you can enjoy a book. And, and not having to read words on a page opens up a little bit more RAM in your brain so you can appreciate the story and take it in a little bit easier. I, I honestly look forward to long drives where I can be listening to my audio book or pod, my later the podcast that I happen to be uh, listening to that week. So... Uh, Big fan of audiobooks, and so are you. It's been a massive year, 2017, for audiobooks, and the trend is rising. People are discovering audiobooks, just how entertaining they are, uh, how easy they are to listen to, the wide choice of books you've got, all the latest bestsellers, nonfiction, fiction, they're all there in, in audiobook style. Well, we decided to sit down with Fidelma for her to talk to her about the big audio books uh, in 2017 and just how far audio books have come. Here's what she had to say earlier. Hi, Fidelma. Thanks for joining me on the Tech Guide podcast. We're here to talk about audio books and Audible being the go-to place for your audio books. Tell us about how, how much has people have people embraced audio books in the past year? It's it's become really popular, hasn't it? Yeah, thanks, Stephen. Look, it's, we're really excited to be talking about um, the end of the year with audiobooks because 2017 has been a year for incredibly strong Australian stories. And this year we found that Australians have really embraced audio in a way that they haven't before. Yes, um, so it's it's become... I suppose it doesn't it doesn't hurt to have your mobile phone, your tablet, listening in your car, listening as you commute. What what, what are, where are people listening and how are they listening? Well, it's and and that's it exactly. It's such an easy way to get into the books they've always been wanting to read. We know we've done a bit of research and we found that three in five Aussies have um, don't have enough time to read for leisure. So they want to read, but they just don't have time to. And what Audible is actually able to do is when, or in that usual dead time where they're just sitting around doing something else, like commuting or cleaning the house or going for a run, they're finally able to read those books that they've always been meaning to read. Absolutely. For, just, for me, I'm a, I'm a big audio book listener in the car. When I'm driving, yes. I, I've got because I drive a fair bit. You know, during the week I'm in and out, and I find that's a great time to catch up on a book. I actually look forward to. It. I think, oh, great! I've got a bit of a drive now. I'm going to listen to my book. So, uh, I to me that, that that really opens up the time to read a book when normally you wouldn't obviously be able to read a book behind the wheel. That's right. And the only problem is sometimes you know it's like with me. You know, I park the car to drop my son off at daycare, and then. We're sitting there and I'm still wanting to keep listening to the book, so let's move on. <laughs> yeah, I have known to drive around the block a couple of times because I came up to a really good part in the book. Now, the uh, it, it's it's been uh, a big year and you're going to tell us about some of the top audio books that uh, have been downloaded through Audible. Let's go through them. Tell us about them. That's right. Well, look, our editors have gone through. Some of these are bestsellers. Some of these are kind of hidden treasures. But we've pulled together a list of uh, what we think are the really the best audiobooks that came out this year. And the first one that I have to mention is the phenomenon that is The Barefoot Investor. Uh, so you you probably be yourself really familiar with Scott Pape. He yeah. has transformed the lives of so many Australians who have kind of grabbed their financial futures in their hands in a way that they were never able to before. Sure. So this one came out on audio in June this year, and it has actually been our number one bestseller since then. Mm-hmm. So we, non, non-fiction books are popular, aren't they, on, on Audible, aren't they? They're really popular. And one of the great things about this is 
we're actually finding people who already listen, already read it, are actually getting it again on audio because it's just like an easy way to kind of keep those lessons and really get them in. Okay. So um, uh, w- w- what about some fiction titles? Are there some fiction titles in this top ten? Of course, of course. People love a bit of good Australian fiction. Yeah. And um, one of the big breakthrough authors of the last couple of years has been Jane Harper. Great her author. Book. I loved her book, The Dry. That was a great book, and she's got a follow-up now. She does, she does. Well, I think we're kind of cheating a little bit about this one because The Dry has stayed really popular this year, uh-huh. but we've also really gotten into Force of Nature. So we're kind of doubling up a little bit with this one. Force yeah. of Nature and The Dry, get into both of them is, is our kind of memo. Um, look, she's been one of our favourite authors, and in fact, The Dry won RBA Book of the Year, which is the Australian Book Industry Award. Wow. And we just think she's an author with such a great future, so we okay. really love that one. Okay, so tell us about some other titles. Well, one of our other um, one of our other favourite fiction books of this year is called Eleanor Oliphant is completely fine. Mm-hmm. So this book genuinely snuck up on us. It kind of came out, had a little bit of a splash, but then it just kept going. And it's one of those word of mouth hits where I'm finding people, you know, Facebook friends are all of a sudden talking about this book that that they've discovered. And um, one thing that I really love about this one is that it's all in first-person narration, and she has the most delicious Scottish accent, and it just really brings you into the story. Yeah. And one of the... You bring up a good point, though, uh, about how word of mouth, I, I do like the reviews and the ratings on, on the app as well, on Audible, so people can, they, they really give it, if they give it a good rating, you're likely to match your taste and, and give it a try yourself. So that's pretty important too, isn't it? Absolutely. And that's one of the things that's really connected with Eleanor Elephant. In fact, I think the last time we checked, which was yesterday, um, this one had about 600 ratings on it. And wow. it just means for us, that's a, that's a real sign that people have responded and are just eager to give feedback. And it helps all our other members who kind of see that and go, okay, yes, I'm going right. to I'll take a chance on that because someone else thinks it's great too. And I understand Andy Weir, the author of The Martian, that was a, a breakout hit, a bestseller, made into a great movie as well. His second book is also available on Audible too. It is. Look, this one only came out two weeks ago, Arsenal. Uh, but look, it's sneaking in on a lot of people's end of end of year best of list, so we thought we'd chuck it in as well. Yeah, I'm listening um, to it right now, so no spoilers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, look, I won't spoil the ending, uh, but it's a cracker. Um, so look, Rosaria Dawson narrates it. She's uh, she's a really well known actress for Lego Movie, Men in Black, and she brings this really nice tone to her narration. In fact, this is the yeah. first book she narrated, and. Um, I was really shocked about that. Yeah. She's doing a great job. I'm enjoying her narration. And that, that too, is another important point. The narrator, is it's a performance, and and that is also really uh, can can affect how you enjoy the book. I really enjoy the fact that there are voice actors that do a great job, but also the actual authors and celebrities like Rosario Dawson. I recently listened to... What Happened by Hillary Rodham Clinton. And she was she narrated her own book. It was her talking to me. That was an interesting book as well. Look, um, the, the Hillary Clinton book was, people were really dying to see what she thought about what actually happened. And, you know, it, that, that was one that was so impactful and so in the news. And yet you were able to get her point of view of it. And I completely 
completely agree with you. Hearing from the person themselves, especially with those kind of celebrity written books, um, yep. it just makes all the difference in the world. Absolutely. And any other titles in these top t- the, the top list you want to talk about? Look, the, probably one of the ones that I have to mention because it was such a massive hit at the start of the year was Sherlock Holmes. It was, um, so, you know, the, the classic Sherlock Holmes, but um, Stephen Fry has actually done his own version of it. He's narrated it all, but he's written introductions to everything and narrated the introduction. He's a massive Sherlock Holmes fan. Um, he was even in the movie. And this is the, the amazing thing about this one is that it's 72 hours long. Whoa. So that sounds... <laughs> that's how summer listening looked after right there. That sounds really intimidating, I know, but it, look, they're all short stories. And it's actually, we calculated, 72 hours long. That's, 70, that's 43 days worth of commuting if you've got your average commute of uh, about 93 minutes, which is the average Australian commute. Wow. So, we have a lot of listening to do. Yes, and look, um, you know, I, one thing I do have to mention is the nice thing about um, being an Audible member is you can take a chance on any of these books and, you know, you can look through the list um, at audible.com.au slash 2017 and if you want to try one of these books, whether it's the fiction or the non-fiction, if you actually don't like it, you can just, if you don't, if you don't like it, you can actually swap it for free. Okay. So that's our... That's why I love it or swap it for you. Fantastic. Well, we appreciate you talking to us today on the Tech Guide podcast, and we've got a lot of listening to do over summer, and uh, Audible is the place to uh, get your great audio books. Thanks for joining us. No problem. Happy to be here. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Norton, the company that can help keep you and your family safe online. Now, there's a lot of people planning planning trips and travel, and they're going to probably use public Wi-Fi. Well, we've got news for you. Public Wi-Fi isn't always safe. Without the right protection, your personal information could become public. Now, there's been recent vulnerabilities, including cracks, which showed that these through these vulnerabilities, it will allow attackers to intercept data transmitted across a Wi-Fi network. That includes public Wi-Fi. Yeah, you've typed, it, typed in a password, but everyone's got the same password. They're on the same network. Personal information that's transmitted over the internet or stored on your connected devices, including things like your passwords, credit card numbers, and more, they could be vulnerable. All this personal information can be used towards committing identity theft, as well as accessing your bank accounts without your knowledge. The team at Norton are dedicated to helping you keep your valuable data safe. That's why Norton Wi-Fi Privacy is the product for you. It encrypts the personal information you send and receive on public Wi-Fi to help keep it private whether you wherever you want to log in. Help protect your information with Norton Wi-Fi Privacy. To find out more, visit au.norton.com. Tech guy. Now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennett. First up, we're looking at, in the Tech Guide reviews for this week, the Ecovax D-Bot Osmo 930 Robotic Cleaner. A bit of a mouthful, but I tell you, it is a very worthwhile product, this one. And we reviewed a few robotic cleaners in our time. And I have to say, this one stands out from the crowd a little for a number of reasons. The first is that it is a really smart device. It's also a very efficient device. Now, we all know these robotic vacuum cleaners vacuum your carpet. Well, guess what? The D-Bot Osmo 930 also mops your floor, the same device mops your floor 
and can vacuum your carpet. It sounds too good to be true, but it's not. It's got this wet and dry functionality. It's actually patented technology. So that's another reason why the Osmo 930 does stand a little bit above, a bit head and shoulders above its competition. Now, the device itself is packed with sensors, so it guides itself around your house. So don't worry about it bumping into furniture and knocking things over. It is sensitive enough to gently nudge against things. There's actually a little bumper bar on the front of the uh, of the unit, so it can uh, get around and sort of gently tap into things and know where it's going. Map your whole house. That's right, maps your house. In the companion app, it creates, and you'll see this in the app, a map of your the layout of your house, which is put together by the sensors on board the Osmo 930. So the unit's really easy to set up. It's, it needs a docking station that has to be positioned in a fairly open area with about half a meter clearance on either side. So it needs a bit of room. And so the, the, the unit, the Osmo 930, will start at the dock and then go out and do its clean and then return to the dock when it needs to be recharged or when you decide to return it to the dock. You might be going out or something and you don't want the vacuum to be working anymore. You just hit return to dock to the charging dock in the app and it will return. Similarly, you can actually start the process in the app as well. So even if you're not home and you want the vacuum cleaner to the D-Bot Osmo 930 to start the clean, and finish it before you get home, you can trigger that so that in the time it takes, might take half hour, 40 minutes, it'll be done and dusted, literally dusted, by the time you get home. So that's handy as well. You can also direct it through the app to do a spot clean. So say some of you've dropped, I don't know, sugar or something in the kitchen or whatever, spilt something, you can direct it to that part of the house to do a little cleanup. You can even direct it to various rooms to do a little cleanup. There might be a bit of a mess in the kitchen one day. You can direct it straight to the kitchen and it can do a little bit of a sweep or a mop. And it can detect, obviously, the type of surface it's on. So when it's vacuuming, it'll vacuum carpet, but also vacuum hard floors as well. So it's sweeping, vacuuming the dust as well and the, the crumbs, whatever happens to be on the ground. So that's vacuuming. And even in the map, you can see the difference. in it, it can plot where there's carpet and where there's hard floor. The carpet comes up as a shaded area. The floor just comes up as plain white. And you can actually follow the progress of the robotic vacuum cleaner in the app as well. It comes up as a little blue dot uh, as it travels up and down. When you want to mop... You can fill up the included little water tank. There's a 300ml water tank that you fill up. You put also this absorbent cloth underneath so that it can, uh, when it dispenses the water, it's got this absorbent, absorbing cloth that that uses that 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 is put through underneath and mops up uh, as the water is dispensed. And the good thing about that is that. It knows exactly the right amount of water to dispense. You're not like walking and seeing puddles in the, in the way. It just puts out enough water for it to leave like a little trail behind it, a little damp trail that dries up fairly quickly. So it's not like you're going to be walking around puddles in your house after the Osmo has been through with its mop. And it can also, of course, detect where there's carpet. So it's obviously not going to mop carpeted areas. It's sensitive enough to know what's carpet, what's hard floor, whether you've got tiles, wooden floorboards. It knows the difference. This also can be linked up to your Google Home, so part of your smart home hub if you do want to set it up that way. So it does become uh, almost voice activated as well. In fact, it will become voice activated. Now, how well does it clean? I hear you asking. And I, uh, anyone who knows me very well knows I've got two Dalmatians. They're, uh, they're our, our boys, Ziggy and Logan. 
And they are obviously Dalmatians, so they've got a lot of white fur and a few black spots. And the little white furs of theirs, some, they don't live in the house all the time. They are in the house often, though. And sometimes they sit down on our chocolate-coloured carpet, and the little white hair sometimes can, you can be it's visible. Now, the job that the D-Bot did with the vacuuming actually was surprisingly good. The, the, the box was full. In just one go, it just filled the whole uh, catcher box with all the, the dust and hair. But it still there were still traces of hair around. So if you're a pet owner, I think you'd be need, need to understand that this isn't as, as has the suction power. It doesn't have the suction power of a Dyson. So if you really want a good clean, you're going to have to actually manually use a Dyson around your house. But that's the thing. The Dyson doesn't do it on its own. The D-Bot does a great job. If you don't have a pet, you'll be really happy with the results. I was happy with the results, even with a pet. I know it couldn't pick up every single hair, but it did pick up most, which would surprise me. Same with the mopping. It, it's surprisingly good, really clean floor, really good result afterwards. So this thing vacuums and it mops. Now, a couple of things uh, that d- didn't go quite to plan, sort of it affected our experience just a little bit. It did sometimes get confused. There were times where we set it up for the auto clean and it would clean about a metre radius outside the charging dock and, the, and then say, cleaning's finished and return to the dock. So uh, there were a couple of times where I had to actually pick up the robot, the vacuum cleaner, and put it in a different part of the room, a bit different part of the house, so it could get around and do its thing. Uh, there were a couple of times, too, where it asked me to change the filter. Even though it was brand new out of the box, the filter was brand new as well. Uh, it asked me to, to change, change the filter, and I sort of reset all that so it wouldn't be asking me that anymore. Uh, apart from that, it worked a dream. It worked a treat. It did really well. The other thing people may uh, balk at is the price. It's not cheap. It's $1,299. But you've got to remember, there are other competitors that are similarly priced, but they only vacuum a lot of those. This vacuums and mops, so it does have a bit of a point of difference. There is my review on Tech Guy. There's also a photo of a Ziggy, my Dalmatian, standing, keeping its distance. We didn't know what this thing was, so it, uh, it kept its distance, so it wasn't going to go uh, anywhere near it. But overall, I was really pleased with the results of the robotic cleaner. It did a really good job vacuuming and a surprisingly good job mopping as well. Really smart. Uh, nose can find its way around your house in every little nook and cranny that it can get to. It really covers all your floor space. The the EOVAX D-Bot Osmo 930, the robotic cleaner, $1,299. And you can read our complete review at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. Next up, we're talking smartphones, and this smartphone is actually the Google Pixel 2. Been out about three weeks now, uh, maybe a little longer, and we've published our review of the, the Google Pixel 2, the Google Pixel XL Two as well. Now, there's two different versions of this phone. Uh, the first, the Google Pixel 2, is 5-inch AMOLED display. Pixel XL 2, 6-inch POLED screen. Uh, the 5-inch is looks like your normal smartphone with some space top and bottom. Your Pixel XL 2 follows the trend of all screen, no home button, that kind of 18 by 9 shape as well. Now, apart from screen type and screen size, 
these phones are identical in terms of features like the the camera, uh, they're water resistant. All of that is the same on both of the devices. So when I talk about the features, the processors, and all that, they are the same. The only thing that's different is the choice of screen sizes and, of course, the prices. Uh, just on the screen, really smart screen on both. Uh, the uh, the OLED I put in particular with the uh, on the larger device, the uh, that that was pretty sharp. We we really enjoyed that. The the sixteen by nine screen that full high full high definition resolution there. The Pixel two, as I said, was our preferred larger display. Uh, really gave it a nice uh, a bit more screen real estate. So a full extra inch of screen size. In terms of design, it's still got that two-tone feel. So the top part of the phone where the camera is a sort of glossy, smooth, the bottom half is more a matte finish. There is a two-tone appearance to it. Uh, up the top near the camera lens is that uh, glossy cap area. Uh, the similar design language for both, I think the 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 XL2 has more of a curved edge to the screen, whereas the uh, Pixel XL2, Pixel 2, the smaller phone, has more of a chamfered edge. So uh, screen's pretty flat, but it's got a chamfered edge around the top as well. So slight design differences there. The backs look almost the same, just different sizes. It's fingerprint reader in the middle of the back there. And uh, design-wise, pretty sharp and uh, an improvement on last year, I think. Now, the biggest feature of this of the Google Pixel is the camera. They've always been really highly ranked. In fact, the Pixel 2, when it came out, was rated the best smartphone camera in the world by DxOMark. Uh, you got a 12.2 megapixel rear camera, front 8 megapixel camera. Not dual lens, single lens, but still capable of really good shots. The rear, despite only having one lens, can still give you that uh, depth of field, that bokeh effect. Can't do that through the front camera. Pictures looked fantastic, great color, in, even in low light, does a really good job, really nice color definition and detail. Uh, videos are also pretty sharp as well, and uh, overall, a, a great camera to be carrying around. You can also tell it to take a selfie and things like that through Google Assistant. There's also going to be a Google Lens that comes out for this, so you can take a photo of a book or an album or something, and it'll give you information of that object, where you can buy it, how much it costs, things like that. So uh, really cool. You can also the, you can also put the squeeze on this. So you squeeze the Pixel 2, and it will activate Google Assistant or allow you to take photos with it as well. So a little bit like the HTC U11 feature. I think HTC, uh, just between you and I, I think HTC actually built the Pixel 2, although they're not really allowed to publicize it. I'm pretty sure HTC did build it. Uh, Other features to look out for is, uh, well, we've we've covered them, the the squeeze squeeze to get Google Assistant. And if you want to check out uh, the Google Lens, that allows you to look at objects through the camera and it'll give you information and landmarks and things like that. So that's pretty handy. Performance-wise, you've got a Qualcomm Snapdragon 835, 4 gig of RAM, and choice of either 64 or 128 gig storage and... No micro SD card. Uh, the Pixels have never had a micro SD card slot. They are like the iPhones. You've got to choose your storage and then look to the cloud for your rest of your storage. So Google obviously wants you to have Google Drive happening. The good thing with the Google Pixel, though, is that uh, every customer has unlimited online photo storage. So no, uh, no, no, none of this, uh, these notifications saying you've run out of space for your photos. You can put them up in the cloud to your heart's content. Naturally, Google, being the creator of Android, has put the latest operating system, the brand new 8.0.0 Oreo operating system, And uh, if you're an Android user, and if you're a real purist, 
this is the phone to get because there's no layer above Android. A lot of other Android comp- uh, phones running Android, your Samsungs, LGs, whatever, Sony, all these other brands, HTC, they all put their own little user interface on top. Huawei, they all do it. But with this one, I think you're getting a more pure, a purer version of Android that's undisturbed, unfettered by a user interface. On the audio side, uh, another great feature here, there are front-facing speakers, high-definition stereo speakers, as a matter of fact, that sound so good, you won't even need a Bluetooth speaker because just, just playing your music out of the phone sounds really good. On the battery side, you've got a 2,000 milliamp hour battery for the Pixel 2, 3520 milliamp hour battery for the Pixel XL 2, and both ran through the day really easily. I think it's a very efficient, runs well, runs fast, also charges fast as well. You can get up to seven hours of battery life from just a 15-minute charge. So if you're in a hurry, 15 minutes, quarter of an hour, seven hours of battery life. Pretty handy if you're about to head out for a night out or just about to leave the office and head out. You can get all that extra power from 15-minute charge. Pretty impressive. Now, let's talk about the price. Here is where I think uh, people might think, whoa, okay, slow down there, cowboy. The Pixel 2 starts at 1079 bucks for the 64 gig, 1229 for the 128 gig. The Pixel XL 2 starts at $1,399 for the 64 gig and $1,549 for the 128 gig. So let me just put that into perspective for you. The iPhone 8 is also priced at 1079 bucks for the 64 gig model. If you want the 256 gig, it's 1329 So you're getting double the memory and you're paying uh, another 100 bucks for the iPhone. But the iPhone 8 Plus... 64 gig is 1229 which is more, is cheaper than the Pixel XL2 64 gig so you got same memory but the actual the iPhone 8 Plus is cheaper and then the 256 gig iPhone 8 Plus is cheaper still cheaper again than the Pixel XL2 with 128 gig so iPhone 8 Plus cheaper twice the memory than the Pixel XL2 so I think side by side, these are going to go pretty hard against each other. But, and I think this is Google's thinking here, you're either Android or you're iOS. I think that there's there's very few that jump from one to the other. I can't see, uh, I don't know a customer, and feel free to tweet me, at Stephen Fennick, if you're one of these customers who loves switching from Android to iPhone and back again year to year. I'd love to hear from you. Not many of you, I suspect. So Google, I think, has has put that in the bank that you're either an Android person or an iOS person, and customers will think they may take comfort in the fact that, yep, there's an Android phone out there for me that's as good as the iPhone. At least it costs as much as the iPhone. So I think that's kind of where Google's coming from in terms of the pricing, the strategy of the pricing, is they want this thing, this device, to be considered in the same breath as the iPhone 8 and hence the reason for that price. So if you're a, if you're an Android user and you want to pay that much money, you are getting a good phone, don't get me wrong, but putting it up against the iPhone, uh, the, there are, I, I think, the Pixel XL2, I think it's slightly too expensive. I think it needs to be a little bit cheaper just to make it more competitive with the iPhones. So Pixel XL2 and the Pixel 2, really great devices and brimming with features, really smart devices, well-designed, great devices uh you want to make your own mind up you can do that by reading our review at techguide.com.au
All righty, let's talk headphones. And our third review for this episode is the Sony WH-1000XM2 wireless noise cancelling headphones. How's that for a mouthful of uh, the, the product names today on today's show? Sony, uh, look, they know what they're doing when it comes to headphones, and they've applied every part of that knowledge to the WH-1000XM2. These are wireless. They're noise-canceling. They're really nicely designed. They're comfortable. They're ticking boxes all over the place. These are really nice headphones, and if you're an audiophile, if you really value the quality of your audio, then this should be on your list of products to buy. And this should be considered right by the the Bose QC35s and any other brand that has similarly priced headphones. There are a lot out there, AKG, there's a few that are out there. So give these a good listen. I think these are... And they're built on last year's model. Last year's model was brilliant. And this is, again, is flawless. So check out my review and you'll see that... The device is really nicely designed. It has that soft leather feel, leather ear cups, memory foam on board. So just wearing them is really comfortable. And being wireless, of course, too, that they've got their uh, Bluetooth so you can connect to your device wirelessly. It does come with a cable, so if you're on a plane, not much Bluetooth on a plane, so you still got to connect a cable to... It does have the uh, the jack for your airport's uh, airplane system as well, so you can plug into the system. You can turn noise cancelling on and off and uh, as well, so you do have control over that. It also has uh, gesture controls on the right ear cup, so if you want to increase the volume, go to a track, go back a track... Uh, do all these, touch it to stop. So if someone comes up to you wants to talk to you, you've got to just, just put your hand on the right ear cup. It'll, it'll cut the noise cancellation, pause your music, and you can have a conversation. And then when you want to go back to your music and turn back on the noise cancellation, give the right ear, ta- ear cup another tap, and you're back into your music. And we heard lots of music using this. Uh, it's, we've got some powerful 40-millimeter drivers on board. Liquid crystal polymer diaphragm as well. And look, it just adds up to a perfect sound. Bass was, I've mentioned in my review, was conservative. But that's I think that's okay with these these headphones because if it had if it was too bassy, if it had too much bass, it would appeal it wouldn't appeal to that older customer who's gonna drop four hundred and ninety nine dollars on a pair of headphones. If you that deep bass, if you want that deep bass, then buy a pair of beats or sort of more of those sort of street cred brands. You're not going to get that with Sony or Bose. Their bass is very conservative, still good and respectable, but not in your face and so heavy that it, you're going to think that you're it's a it's a street pair of street headphones. There are other brands for that. This isn't one of them. The Sony bass is conservative, complemented by brilliant high mid levels, really great clarity. You're going to hear every single note of music. We we put this through its paces, listening to heavy metal, electronic music, you name it. We listen to it. And every time, our music never sounded better. The Sony WH-1000XM2, priced at $499.95, so you'll get $0.05 change out of $500. And it is one of those products that I always say, you get what you pay for. You pay that much money, you're getting a superb product. This is excellent pair of headphones, noise cancellation off the chart, really good. So if you're traveling, public transport or just want to hear your music as it should be heard this is the pair of headphones for you the sony wh1000mx2 headphones full review at techguide.com.au 
keeping you updated and educated. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finney. Tech Guide. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Netgear, Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. Now, you already know Arlo by Netgear, the worldwide leader in smart home security and creator of the world's first 100% wire-free, weatherproof HD security camera. Well, now you can get to know the new Arlo Pro, with even more features including two-way audio that allows you to talk to your kids, pets, or whoever's at the front door right from your smartphone. Arlo has quick charge, rechargeable batteries, night vision, and live on-demand streaming. And yes, it's still 100% wire-free and weatherproof, so you can easily monitor your entire property inside and out. Arlo Pro takes just a few minutes to set up, so you can check in on your home or your business from anywhere using the free Arlo app on your phone, tablet, or your computer. Know what's happening in real time with advanced motion detection and never miss a moment with free cloud recordings for seven days. Visit arlo.com forward slash au for more info. Arlo and the new Arlo Pro by Netgear. Every angle covered. Tech Guide. Now, answering all your tech questions, the Tech Guide Help Desk. The Tech Guide helped us this week. We're going to play our Voice Bite, and Voice Bite is the way to get onto the Tech Guide help desk. Download the Voice Bite app free on iOS and Android. Put hashtag Tech Guide in the clip title and then ask me a question. Record your question. Once you're happy, you can re record if you're not happy. Once you're happy, slide to broadcast and I'll get it and play it on the Tech Guide podcast. This week, we're going to hear from Karen Savory Polglaze. Hi, Stephen. Our 13-year-old son would like a new laptop computer for Christmas. He's requested one with Windows 10 and wants to use it for his games and internet, etc. Can you recommend something under $500? Also, what is the difference between a gaming laptop and a regular laptop? Great question, Karen. And uh, he, she wanted a laptop for a son. Gaming laptop for under 500 bucks. Unfortunately, they're two terms in a sentence that you can't have. You can't have a gaming laptop for under $500, I'm afraid. The, the idea of a gaming laptop is it's got a really powerful processor, a beautiful 4K or Quad HD display, blazingly fast performance so it can handle those really high-end processor-heavy games. For that, you're looking at 1500 to $2,000 minimum for a laptop. Desktop computers, even more expensive. So for under 500 bucks. Yeah, you can get a respectable computer with maybe a 13-inch screen, decent amount of RAM and memory. Uh, Processor-wise, you're probably going to get the low end of the spectrum in terms of processor, and that probably can't handle, can't give you the sort of performance for those high-end games. Sure, you can play some games on it. It's pretty much casual games. So if you are wanting to play Call of Duty or Battlefront 2 or those really intense games, either by a PlayStation or an Xbox or spend a little bit more money than 500 to get a gaming laptop. But under 500 plenty of choices, and they can handle email, browsing, great for homework, uh, they, all those sorts of tasks for the high-end gaming might not be enough. So if you are into your gaming, if that's the primary use for your computer, then unfortunately you need to spend a little bit more. That was our help desk this week, and anything that we've uh, that we speak about on the help desk, normally you can uh, read on the Tech Guide help desk. We've written, we've covered computers and gaming laptops on the site many times before. And as we said at the top, if you 
do want to be part of the Tech Guide Help Desk, download the VoiceBite app. You'll be given preference. You can also email us, info at techguide.com.au, but we will give preference to the people who record a VoiceBite. We want your voice to be heard on the podcast just like ours. So do that. Download VoiceBite. Get us your help desk, and you may be on the next edition of the Tech Guide podcast. Well, that's the end of our show for this week, and you can read about everything that we've spoken about, of course, at techguide.com.au. I've already explained how to get in touch. Send us a voice bite, hashtag techguide, and I'll get it. Info at techguide.com.au if you want to send us an email. And we want to do uh, give a special thanks too to our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs. And we also want to give a shout-out to our other sponsor, Norton, the company that can help keep you and your family safe online. Thanks again for listening. We look forward to you joining us again next week. So until then, stay safe and stay connected. <laughs>